I fundamentally believe that if most people had whatever their version is, they, not everybody wants three days. It might be that they say, wait, wait, I want a four-day weekend, or I just need a two-day weekend, and, and I'm happy with that, whatever it is. But that if they have that, and that they have time for family, for friends, for life, for hobbies, for travel, if, if they enjoy that, that's so huge that it's huge enough for me to keep doing the podcast. And as you mentioned, I'm meeting, meeting awesome people. I'm, I'm truly, gosh, if you're even thinking about podcasting, just do it. I don't care what the topic is because you're gonna meet really cool people and I learn so much. And, and most of the people I've interviewed, which is the most, many of the people I've interviewed have a book or something. I'll read their book and the book's really good, but there's still something that you get when you talk to the person. I'm Janet Ahmed host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Wade Galt. He teaches entrepreneurs and professionals to create an abundant and sustainable three-day weekend lifestyle so they can better enjoy their family, friends, and life. He's a 20-plus year software company founder, business growth coach, and author of books on business growth, finance, personal growth, parenting, and spirituality. He and his family have lived Oceanside in North America and South America. He enjoys three-day weekends and Fridays at the beach playing volleyball with friends. This conversation with Wade was amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to listen in. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm working on updating my studio. My studio is minimalist is how I like to market it right now, but I'm looking to have something. That's a little, little, little cooler like yours. Thank you so much for having me, and I've really enjoyed getting to meet you, Junaid. Absolutely, man. Wait, so we've talked a ton about going through the different things over the past few months, and for our listeners, I want to you know delve in and start from the beginning, or start from you know tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before, or tell us your origin story. It's up to you how we get started. Sure. So the origin story, I'll do it in the more narrative 
my kids sometimes say I take too long to tell a story, but you're asking me, so I'm going to tell a story. So my parents are from the islands, from Trinidad and Tobago. They were there. I was born in Canada. It was too cold. Uh, so when I was two years old, I told my parents, of course I didn't, but told them we need to go somewhere warmer than Canada. So we went to Florida. Trinidad wasn't that stable. So I grew up in Southeast Florida. Dad's an entrepreneur. Mom is a philosopher, spiritual seeker type. Mm. And so just grew up playing sports, enjoying life, very much with an island mentality of making time for life and making sure there's time for family and friends and having fun. And so just even all through high school, college, everything was about how can I make sure that when high school's done, when college is done, that I'm st still able to have time to enjoy life. And for me, it's always been sort of this balance between helping people and, and making money. I think that's a you know very common thing for a lot of entrepreneurs. How do I help people? How do I still make money? Mm -hmm. And for the last probably seven years now, I've been helping entrepreneurs and freelancers and employees to create uh, a three-day weekend type lifestyle so that they can enjoy life outside of work, not just life inside work. I very much believe in life inside work. I very much believe in making an impact. But I also find there's a lot of people that are missing out on life. And mm. as I'm getting older and I'm meeting people, I'm 50 now, you watch some friends die. You watch some people say, oh, you know, my 20-year-old passed and I'm 50-something or my, just where you realize, wow, life is really short. And I've been blessed to watch my father and his entrepreneurial success do really well. But I also got to watch many of his friends around him mm -hmm. and see that the money wasn't what made them happy. The money is awesome, but those that weren't happy, it didn't fix it. And sometimes it just amplified what was not happy in their life because they could afford things, um, unfortunately, like substances or different things to a greater quantity than maybe were good. Mm -hmm. And the people were happy. It just created more fun and, and, and happiness and whatnot. So... For me, it's really been as a, as a husband, as a father, just looking to balance, you know, giving and, and, and then at the same time receiving and enjoying life. That's really cool. And the more I listen to these origin stories and these journeys, right, it, it all comes down to the, the influences of your parents. You know, what are they doing and how did we get into it? And I love to like, talk about it myself and how I have this entrepreneurial. And then I learned over time that number one, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He had his own shop in India or Pakistan. I can't remember. And then the hobbies part I got from my mom, cause he, <laughs> she would have different hobbies. And then I realized when I moved to the U S that every single of my uncles had some kind of entrepreneurship going on, right? So I'm like, maybe it's in my blood, this trading and shit, right? So it's really fascinating to, to, to learn that and then see how we're able to cultivate that, that habit or that um, inkling into something that becomes our main hustle. Yeah, I think it's, it's so huge the story of your family, where you come from, and then what you've seen. So to your point, I have so many of my uncles that are also entrepreneurs. My grandfather on both sides, actually, were both entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this story, in this case, a positive story. Sometimes stories are not so positive, but in this case that you can create what you want. You can you know, make your own way. You can make your own brand. And 
I remember once reading a book, uh, it's called The Celestian Prophecy. And mm. in it, one of the concepts was that when we're born, that we're looking to integrate or reconcile the two sort of personalities or paths of our parents. So, you know, if we're blessed enough to know our parents and know what their paths are, yeah. that very often it's like, well, okay, so how do I be an entrepreneur who's caring and is balanced philosophically, but makes money and impacts people? Because if we've seen both of our parents and we have respect and love for our parents, we say, well, wow, there's something that's great about that. And there's something great about that. How can I do both? And especially, I guess, if opposites attract or different personality styles attract, then it becomes even more interesting. Yeah. And I think that's though part of just the whole human journey. How do you live not just in your body and your heart or not just in your mind and your spirit? How do you pull all of that together? And so for me, you know, I love the, the title of this, um, of, your, of your show, because a lot of people will talk to me about, you know, well, do you do what you love? I said, well, sometimes. I said, but I always make sure I, I get to do it. My hobbies I have to do. In my case, it's beach mm -hmm. volleyball. When I don't do that, I turn into a grouch. Uh, for yeah. about five, six years after our first child was born, I thought incorrectly that the best thing I could do as a father would be just totally devote all my energy to my family. Now, for those of you all out there, this is, I was working from home. My wife stayed at home you know, to raise the child. So we're around each other like 24 seven. <laughs> and I'm not even gonna take a few hours to play volleyball during the week. No, uh -huh. I'm gonna stay around all the time. Yeah. Yeah, not the best idea. Not a mm -hmm. lot of balance. Great intention. Beautiful intention. Yeah. Horrible, horrible strategy. <laughs> so for me, without the hobbies part, that's, for me, it's not a good thing if I don't have that. Yeah, and, and that's a really great point, right? Where I was talking to another friend of mine and they're like, how, how are you sustaining these hobbies? Do you keep adding on new hobbies? Because I've been known to have, too many hobbies or a new hobby on every week. And I'm like, not really. You take a hobby and then you learn and extract concepts and logic and philosophies, analogies from those hobbies. And then you say, okay, how can I apply this to my life? So that, that, that was a really good opening. And, and, and she was like, you know, you, and, there's some there's there's a way that I said a, an answer to her, and she's like, you know, your book should be called the How Analogy. I'm like, oh my god, I never thought of it that way. And when I, when you look at all of the run of the episodes on my podcast, they're all start with how to, how to, blah blah blah. <laughs> like, thank you. That's so cool because I think. I'm one of those people, it sounds like you are too, that's multi-passionate. Mm -hmm. So many things grab my interest. And on one hand, yes, if you're multi-passionate, by definition, you might miss out on a level of depth of mastery, or at yeah. least you can't do it everywhere, just from a time standpoint. But I just love the way that when I meet people, I can have an intelligent conversation, or at least I think it's intelligent, a conversation, <laughs> a familiar conversation with mm -hmm. whatever it is, because I've exposed myself to so many different things that even if I've not done it, I've read about it, or I know somebody where I've just said, oh, tell me about that then. Yeah. And to me, as a human being, to be able to connect with other people in that way is so cool in the sense to also be able to really go into another's world 
not just say, oh, well, you know, Jay, it's nice to meet you. Tell me what you do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and the polite thing, which is nice. It's nice to be polite. But to actually be able to then say, oh, what about that? And then to actually ask a question that then you see the other person's eyes light up like, oh, wow, this person actually even like has the baseline knowledge. Yeah. You think of yeah. Elon Musk, like when he finally meets somebody that actually kind of understands what he's saying and doesn't have to explain like, you know, 101 and 201. Exactly. And he actually gets to like talk about the fancy stuff. And this person that understands, he must be like, wow, this is so great. So I think being able to give people that is great because I know when I receive it, when I, mm -hmm. when somebody when I can just go deep into a topic and geek out about it, yeah. and the person gets it. Wow, that that's so cool. I was a guest on. I met this kid, and I didn't know it was a kid on Reddit, and you've probably heard the story, right? I met him on Reddit a couple of years ago, and he's like, "Oh," and I asked him, "Hey, you want to be a guest?" And he's like, "Oh, how would you be a guest and have a studio you can come to?" I'm like, "All right, sure." So two years passed. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego. I can come by and do the episode. And he's like, oh, yes, absolutely. Come on by. So I show up and he had everything ready. He's like, all right, have a seat here. I'm going to start talking. And as we're talking, I told him I came to the U.S. when I was 19. And he's like, oh, I'm 19 right now. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm 19 years old and I've been running this home podcast studio for three years. I'm like, that's amazing. And then as we're having the conversation, podcaster to podcaster, he's like, it feels like Spider-Man far away from home when the Spideys got to talk to each other and they can <laughs> relate to the problem. <laughs> and that's what you mentioned right here. You know, when you talk to somebody who has that deep understanding of the problem that you're facing, as a superhero or as a podcaster or as an entrepreneur, you're more attractive. You immediately become best friends because you've gone through the same dirt path. Absolutely. And it, it's so cool too, because I think that's the part that for me, when people talk about things like prejudging people, it's hard for me to do that because I've met so many different people mm -hmm. that when I first saw them, I wouldn't have guessed that they were whatever they do, whether yeah. they had this interest, which just never even occurred to me. It wasn't like I had them pegged. Right. Um, I've been told I, I'm deceptively athletic looking. So <laughs> I think it means I don't look like I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. It's like one of those backhanded yeah. compliments. Yeah. But it's I've just met so many people that you have an idea of this or of that. And especially when you start getting to the, you know, the stereotypes of, okay, well, if this person is this really muscular built male guy, well, he must be a jock. He must not mm -hmm. be that smart. Or if she's gorgeous, well, she can't possibly be intelligent would be things that maybe you might think, or you get, have passed down to you when you're younger. And then you experience yeah. somebody that just blows your mind mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, if I had just seen this guy at the gym, I'd have thought he was just a muscle guy. Right. And and, and, and you know, and what, what a horrible way to just like <laughs> minimize somebody like he's just a muscle guy. That's all he has going for him. Or, you know, or she's just, you know, she's just got a great body and that's it. There's nothing more there. And yet when you go deeper into things and especially I just, for me, when I find people have something, anything mm -hmm. that they're passionate about and they put the time into that just simply even being passionate about something, whether it's that hobby yeah. or not, I think there's a commonality the same way. Like if you see, you know, somebody who's a, a world-class person who's a figure skater talking to a musician, talking yeah. to an entrepreneur, and they still have so much in common, their commitment, their dedication, 
It's just some of the the mechanics might be different and the, and the field might be different, but that's yeah, so cool to meet with people that are aspiring to 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 learning to growing and to being part of that process and open to it. Yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right, and that's what makes podcasting so amazing because we meet, and they say that you should you know stick to your niche and talk to people in your niche, which is really which is really great. It's a great advice, no doubt, because it's going to bring you more audience. But for multi-passionate people like you and I, like polymaths, like Renaissance man, we like to expand our mind and, and really go broad, but then take out the, the how analogy from each conversation and see, look, these pieces work and connect together. No matter who, no matter who's telling a story, the the preface or the formula is it's almost the same. Yeah, well, and then also, I mean, I don't know about you, and in, in my so my podcast, the Three Day Weekend Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Well, you can only so many times talk about delegation and how much do you make per hour, and is it high impact work? Like, and those are great conversations and they're yeah. relevant conversations, but you can only have that conversation so many times when it's like, okay, my next guest wants to talk about. Guess what? Delegation. It's like, okay, no, we've talked about that three to five times. And and obviously there's levels of depth and nuance, but bringing in people that have more to it. And then also to your point about the whole niche thing, when you have somebody on that, let us say is a, I don't know, a skateboarder mm-hmm. who might also be an entrepreneur. Well, now, of course, as you know, you open the possibility that other skateboarders now might listen to a podcast about yeah. entrepreneurship because there's that crossover but more than that, there's just, I look for those connections. It sounds like you you do too of, you know, what's like true? Mm-hmm. What is it when you see it in the sports world and in the business world and in the art world and the music world and you say, wow, these things, this sort of theme holds. And usually they're things we've heard. Usually they're things we've heard from, you know, famous motivational speakers because yeah. they're true. But when you experience it, for me, it's a huge connection point because when I'm coaching kids, for example, in sports, so much of what I'm looking to do to get them to even remotely pay attention is to connect something that I already know to yeah. something that they know and like and have a great affinity with. So if I can you know, tell them that, and not just tell them, but demonstrate that, yes, I know the lyrics to the songs they're listening to. I know, or the original song where that was sampled from before and about yeah. this or that. All of a sudden now, it's like you've met them in their world. And now I think of the people in general also have coached that are introverts, and it almost gives them permission to open up because they they feel that little bit safer. 100%. You're, you're absolutely right because now you're talking their language, right? Go to programmers and talk programming language. Go to cyclists, talk cycling language. You know, I'm sure there's terminology in volleyball that I'm not privy to. But when you speak that language, you're like, oh, this guy talks what I'm talking about. That's why language is so important. If you go up to somebody who is Spanish speaking and talk to them in English, well, they don't understand what you're saying. No. And then, and more than that, there's nuance. So my Mm -hmm. wife is from Peru. And as I mentioned, my parents are on the islands. Now the Trinidad and Tobago is off the coast of Venezuela. So it's, it's the culture is still very South American ish, if you will, yeah. very traditional family oriented, uh, 
life is more important than work in general is kind mm-hmm. of the, the the overall concept. What's so interesting is even in living in Peru, it's one thing to speak Spanish. It's another thing. I've now lived a total of about four years there mm-hmm. to understand specifically the Peruvian culture as opposed to the Argentinian or the Chilean or whatnot. And there are certain words that are different. There's there's a lot that's similar. Yeah. But when then somebody says a word that is unique to, let's say, the Peruvian culture, because it's a slang word or or a concept, and you meet somebody, and I'll meet somebody as a, you know, as a gringo that's that's from there, but I get it. And they'll be like, whoa, you get that. <laughs> it's kind of like I remember I, I heard something recently. What was it? Bob Costas it was so great, where Somebody asked him in an interview, I forget who the two rappers were. He mentioned two rappers. He said, you like this one or that one? He says, well, I like this one. Mm-hmm. He says, but I was, because apparently Bob Costas was named, it, it, he was a part of the raps. He was named, it wasn't name dropping, name tagged or whatever it was called. Uh-huh. But in essence, he said in this one, and Bob breaks out the lyrics from the song <laughs> and you're just like, Bob Costas. All yeah. right, man. And you know, it's just, it's, it kind of goes against maybe, again, the stereotype, but more than that, then you say, well, maybe that's why he's been name dropped so many times. He he gets their world. So it's just again to me, it's just so neat to connect with people, and and hobbies is because there's no money in hobbies. I mean, there can be, but if it's truly a hobby for right. me, at least my understanding of a hobby is I'm not doing this for money. If money comes from it, maybe great. I'm not even sure. Right. But when it can stay a hobby, then there really can be that sense of still geeking out. Still, as a beach volleyball player, I want to win. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different energy, and I've even witnessed this with some of my friends, that when they took that hobby and decided to make it their source of income, for some that are really good, it worked. Yeah. And for some that were kind of like me where, yeah, I can make a couple hundred bucks here and there, but can't sustain a living, and then all of a sudden watch them get so frustrated that their yeah. hobby wasn't producing income from them, and uh, as opposed to being some light, something light and, and a nice, you know, fun thing that, that's a source of connection as opposed to... Now shifting it. Not that there's anything wrong with all with money. Right. Just right. taking something that was, you know, just meant to be fun, and then now changing it, and then in, at least in some cases, for some, the fun disappears because now it's work. Right. And sometimes we got to do work. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes we got to work. You got to stay consistent. I mean, the I talk about the tortoise and the hare story all the time. Yes, you can run. But skill can only take you so long. You get tired, you get bored. But but if you keep persevering, like, no, I, I just got to keep going. So from that perspective, the three-day weekender, right? How do you keep, how do you stay motivated for, you know, running that podcast or running that style of entrepreneurship? Sure. So a couple things. So for me right now, the three-day weekend Entrepreneur Podcast and the courses are still in the hobby phase. They're not, it's interesting, they're not extremely monetized, though I'm mm-hmm. looking to monetize them because I do think in this case, the more monetized I can do some certain things that you can't do when you don't have enough of a budget. Yeah. Um, for me, the first thing is I live the three-day weekend lifestyle as best as possible. And I'd say at least 80%, 90% of the time I'm doing it, or maybe Technically, because I have a small software business, I might literally do like 15 minutes of email on a Friday mm-hmm. just to kind of say, hey, I'll talk to you Monday. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, my weekends are free. And as a, first, as an entrepreneur, the passion for having a three-day weekend lifestyle is that I've, and this, this is, I found is the key for most people, is I've become 
immensely in touch with what I can be tapping into in life if I make time for it. Yeah. What it looks like for me to still on Fridays be able to play the sport for five, six hours at the beach that I played when I was in high school and enjoy that and have that connection. Just be around a bunch of guys, sometimes girls, but just be guys and be dorks and talk stupid and just do what guys do when we're stupid and alone yeah. um, or in a group. And But also play sports and, and have that and then still have time to be present for mm -hmm. my wife and for our kids and for our families and our friends and to just have enough time to do it at a certain pace as opposed to feel like I'm I'm going nuts. Yeah. And then when Monday comes, Monday through Thursday, I can really, and I'll still usually only work about 30 to 35 hours a week. Sometimes it's 40 to 50, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Uh, but to be able to put that energy in. So because that's so amazing for me, in the last, what, five years or so, I've probably invested a good maybe three to 4,000 hours of trying to help, of teaching and help other people learn how to do this. And again, a lot of it's been, I've Udemy courses, so it's helping, it's, it's teaching people and whatnot. Um, but I'd written books on spirituality that I've published. And with those, mm -hmm. I literally just was like, okay, just free or as, as free as you can make them on Amazon and Kindle right. and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So for me, that the I fundamentally believe that if most people had whatever their version is, they, not everybody wants three days. It might be that they say, wait, wait I want a four-day weekend, or I just need yeah. a two-day weekend, and, and I'm happy yeah. with that, whatever it is. But that if they have that, and that they have time for family, for friends, um, for life, for hobbies, for travel, or if, if they enjoy that, mm -hmm. uh, that that's so huge that it's huge enough for me to keep doing the podcast. And as you mentioned, I'm meeting, meeting awesome people. I'm, yes. I'm truly, gosh, if you're even thinking about podcasting, just do it. I don't care what the topic is because you're going to meet really cool people. And I learn so much and there's, and, and most of the people I've interviewed, which is the most, many of the people I've interviewed have a book or something. I'll yeah. read their book and the book's really good, but there's still something that you get when you talk to the person. Oh yes. That you you don't get from the book, so so yeah. So I'm just looking to continue to help people see how to do that, and as I've done that, which then you know really gives them more times for their their hobbies and, and enjoying life. And when people can do that, I found it significantly improves their life, especially if they're at a stage where their children are you know haven't left the house yet, because that's that's a, a time a window that just after a while shifts and you you, you don't get that chance again. Uh, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And, and the more time we have for our friends and family and hobbies, the better our mind is going to be. And the, the healthier the mind, the healthier the body. And I said, you got to have a healthy body for a healthy mind. Well, it also goes the other way. <laughs> so from the three-day weekender, weekend entrepreneur, what somebody can, that can take from this episode right now Give us a you give us a few sure. Actually, before I say that, after the break, Wade's gonna share three main points that are gonna help you solve a problem or find a way to at least come close to a three day weekend. So stick around, and um, we'll be right back. I like that. This is the first time. It's uh, it's the third time I've done it, and I'm like, why haven't I done this before? <laughs> no, it's great. I like that. 
Cause uh, so yeah, I, sh I should have mentioned that earlier. Let me see if I can get rid of Zoom. Welcome back, guys. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around. We're speaking with Wade Galt, the podcaster from the Three Day Weekend Entrepreneur, really good friend of mine through SPI Pro Mastermind, and we've learned so much about him and, and about each other over the past few months that we've known each other. So, Wade. Thanks for sticking around, man. So tell us a little bit about, or tell us what's something that the audience can take with them and, you know, have an actionable activity. Absolutely. So there's three simple things that people can do. I find that's really helpful. First of all is number one, what I like to call an apprentice strategy. And for me, somebody who's an apprentice is somebody that does not, have to yet change their job. They don't have to get a new job because a lot of times people say, wait, I can't work a three day, you know, a four day work week and have a three day weekend lifestyle until this person will give me permission or until mm -hmm. I make enough money. So, okay, understood. So first, and one apprentice strategy is to simply look at the free time you already have available and just look at, are you getting from it what you want? And usually there's some areas where we could do a little better. So the first action item would be to say, okay, Choose one hour in your weekly calendar where you're going to do something that's really important to you just because it's fun or not, not so much something for somebody else. Ideally, something for yourself if you can make that work because that's going to be something that's really going to stick for you. And just choose something. And it could be something as simple as, hey, wait, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to give myself an hour to read. I'm going to give myself an hour for my hobby, whatever it might be. But to schedule something. And if you have people around you in your family, in your life to say, okay, hey, this time on this day, maybe it's on your Saturday or your Sunday, I'm going to look to do this. And yeah, the time might change if you know we have family plans or other things that come up. But I at least need my one hour every week where everybody's going to let me do my one thing and, and support me in that. So that's one thing. The second thing is a, another apprentice strategy is to start arranging your finances so that you could afford mm. to live off of 80% of your income because there are kind of two overall ways to get to a three-day weekend type lifestyle. Let's say if you're currently working five days, one is where you say, okay, I want to find an employer that will let me work four days. And then the question for the employer becomes, okay, well, how do I pay for this? We need to get a certain level of result. Yeah. We need to get at least five days worth of results. And there's a lot of people doing that right now. And it's great stuff that's going on. But sometimes the employer might say, hey, you know what? We don't need you five days a week. We need you four. What if we paid you the same hourly rate, but in essence paid you 80% of your income to work 80% of the hours? Could you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, if you can do that, then you can figure that out. And then maybe with your extra hour, you start a side hustle or do different things. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is to set a date. And this is one of the biggest strategies. And it could be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Uh, in my case, it took me 22 years after I left college with a degree to get to where I was working a four-day work week with a three-day weekend lifestyle, yeah. making the income I needed to make. But I didn't decide till maybe about 18 years in. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I had that as a goal... Yeah. Just like if you work for someone, you say, well, you know, I worked at one point, you made, let's say $10 an hour. And they said, well, I'm at least going to make 11. Then I'm going to make 12. And, and if they don't give it to me, darn it, I'm going to go somewhere else that does, or I'm going to yeah. figure it out. Well, just like we want raises and in income just to, to set up a timeline and say, okay, by this time, I'm going to start getting raises in free time. Uh, and just set that date and 
There are a lot of different things you can do. There's resources we have, but there's there's a lot of other books out there. Anything around productivity, uh, getting more results in less time, then just becomes, well, what do you do then once you yeah. free up that time and enjoy that? So yeah, those are three ways you can get started. Wait, I loved the last one where you said set a date, right? Reverse engineer, but not even that, right? As soon as you set a date, in your mind, will start creating ways your mind is automatically set up to find and look for signs. Like, okay, this is a date on April 10th, 2025. I'm going to be doing this at 2 p.m., whatever it is, right? You, you, you solidify that in your mind and you look at it every day like, oh, how close am I to this goal of mine? And you'll you'll notice that you're automatically taking actions or you're automatically talking to people that are connecting the dots for you. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, <laughs> and so for beautiful. people who think it's kind of woo-woo, the simple thing is there's an example that people use for Deepak Chopra uses the time, for Dan Sullivan uses the difference between your attention and your intention and they've used the example, you've probably heard this, of if you're about to buy a new car mm -hmm. and you're looking at a certain brand of car, all of a sudden you see all of those cars yes, and nothing changed. The same cars were going by, but mm -hmm. what was coming up on your radar was different. So there might be people that are helping you or, or open to helping you, or but you're not tuned in. And when you're tuned into something, all of a sudden you start seeing things. And yes, when you have a filter, then you start saying, well, is this going to take me further or closer? No different than if you're a married couple and you want to stay married and your friend said, okay, we're going to, I don't know, blah, blah, blah place for three weeks, a bunch of single guys, and mm -hmm. we're going to hang out and drink and party. And you say, well, that's probably not going to work too well if I want to stay married. So yeah. you know what? That's And and in that sense, that sounds like a restriction, but just overall, it, it guides you to say, okay, well, this is where I'm looking to go. So me getting another job that might make me $10,000 a year more, but it's going to take me 20 hours a week. Nope, that's that's not getting me where I want to get. So right. just like you said, having that intention of where you're going and things start, start leading that way. I love that. So there we have it. Three hacks to take away that you can immediately implement in your life or, you know, or however long it takes. At least you have them to start looking at. And and beautiful thing is there are people doing this like Wade talks about here, he's he's working with clients, he's working with people that are already living these three-day weekends, they're living the four-day weekends, you know, uh, and who knows, maybe you can get to that four-hour work week that um, Tim Ferriss put in our heads a few years ago when that book came out. I'm like, what? How is that even possible? Like, I was... I was like blown away. I was like, I can't trust anybody else to do the work that I do. But here I am now with a team of designers, developers, and, and editors that that increase the amount of time that I have available. Right back in the days, I was like, I wish I could clone myself. Well, you can. <laughs> And even better, some of the other people know stuff you don't know. So I, yeah. I've learned, I used to think I want to clone myself. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I want to find the people that compliment me because there's a yeah. lot of things. And not just tell me that I look nice, not that kind of compliment. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that really have the skills that maybe I don't as much or that I think I have. 
mm-hmm. but perhaps uh, don't have as well. Because when we're multi-passionate, we think just because we're interested in everything, sometimes we can think that means we're good at everything. And I've definitely learned yeah. uh, that that is not necessarily the case. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to say, yes, I'm good at this thing and I'm really good. But guess what? I can train somebody to do it the same way that I do and they can spend even more time and become an expert so then I can count on them to deliver what I what it is that I want. And it's not that hard anymore, especially with the era that we're living in, Zoom, Loom, YouTube, you do the math. You can send somebody a Loom video and tell them, hey, this is how I do it. Can you do this for me? Oh, you can. Wow. I thought it was going to take hours of my time, but it took hours of their time and they were able to do it faster because being multi-passionate, we're thinking about 10 different things and we have 10 different windows open. But because we hired them and we brought them on, they're just going to do that one task and do, do it really, really well. Absolutely. So Wade, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Towards the end, I have some really quick questions that I like to ask my audience, my guests that uh, help me get a bit, little better understanding of who they are and how I can better connect with them. All right. So number one question, what is the one hobby that you, you wish you got into? Kite surfing. Ooh. Still might. It's, it's right here. I, I'm close enough to the beach. It looks really, really awesome. I just mm-hmm. get creeped out of the little things that whatever's beneath me. Yeah. while I'm in the water waiting for my water start. But definitely, mm-hmm. I'm, I really want to check that out. Kite surfing, there you have it. That sounds really awesome. I don't know how to swim, and um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to do it. Um, what did you want to be when you were a child? I wanted to be Captain Kirk. Ooh. So I told my, apparently, I didn't. I don't even remember this. In first grade, I told my teacher that my name was Kirk and so much so that, and I wouldn't respond to anything other than Kirk. So Wade, Wade's not my real name. That's a nickname. My name is Kirk. And so much so that my mom got called from the school. Said, What's your son's name? It's Wade. Said, okay. And I, I got in a little trouble for that, but yes, yeah, so I wanted to be, I wanted to be a hero basically. Mm-hmm. I, I still want to be a hero. So I guess that hasn't changed, but yes, I wanted to be Captain Kirk. I love that. I love that. So, Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Let's see. Favorite movie is still probably Fletch because it's just really with Chevy Chase. because It's just really kind of quick um, humor Mm -hmm. and not always the, uh, (laughs) not always reverent, but, but really, really funny. So yeah, I like that. And you said movie or uh, you say, or, or show or show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll go with Fletch on that. Awesome. And what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Iron Man. Oh, awesome. yes. I mean, that's it's it's hard. It's hard to beat Robert Downey Jr. Beat in Iron Man. That that's it's it's still kind of. You know, yeah, it's still, it, it, it's kind of hard to beat that. Well, the next question is, who is your favorite favorite superhero? Batman. Ooh. That's an easy one for me. 
Batman, every superhero, well, not every, a lot of them have, um, you know, secret identities or that sort of stuff. What I love about Batman, and maybe it's similar for Spider-Man, but specifically Batman, is he doesn't have to do it. He has mm. the money, doesn't have to be doing it. He doesn't have superpowers. And he's got a super bank account, so that maybe that's you know that's his that's his that's leverage. his superpower. The bank that account. is his superpower, <laughs> but he uses his brain, and probably the coolest thing. And not every superhero has this. He has a code: you don't kill. Mm. You, just, you just don't like no matter what. So there's still even a line, even though he's called the Dark Knight, even though he's you know still nope you don't you don't kill. And even you know, for any of those who follow the comics or the movies, that sometimes even becomes a point of contention. Like, is that smart? Is that wise? Is that yeah? But he's like, I'll, I'll. He's willing to take even the. He's willing to take the harder road. Yes. To do it the way that he believes it should be done, and then <clears throat> you just look at the the whole duality of of you know the and and, then, and his toys and stuff are just just cool as anything. So, yes, they so. are. And funny enough, we just picked up the latest Batman Lego set by Technic. Nice. Um, my son got to build it. I was, I, I was, I was like, I want to build it, but I was like, all right, I'll let you have it. Um, it's about 17 inches, you know, long and about 10 inches wide. It's, it's really nicely done. It's from the new Batman movie. So he loved, he loved building that. So was it the Batmobile or? It's the Batmobile. Yeah. I should figure it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to get the tumbler. Because that would be fun to build. That would be really fun to build. So we're we're the Lego brick builders here. We love we love that. Um, we just built a Lego sorter box, so you can it has eight different shoots, and you can you have boxes at at end of each shoot, and you drop your load in the middle, and then you just separate them out, and then it's, it's really fun. That's cool. Um, last question: If you were a board game, what would it be? If I were a board game, hmm. I'd say life. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with life because the thing about the game of life, the board game is it's a little frustrating because mm-hmm. you want to like skill your way through it. And there's not a whole lot of skill involved in it. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. You make a couple choice points, mm-hmm. but the overall point of the game is to like, just be around people and have fun and, and laugh yeah. about, you know, what happened. Oh, you have five kids or seven kids that can't fit in your car or whatever it might be. And, and I like the fact that there's in, that in the game that there, if I'm remembering correct, there's two ways of measuring uh, the success in the game. Mm-hmm. One is if you complete it quickest, which I feel like that, I guess, well, you know, if you get to your retirement place, house okay. basically quickest, and then if you end up with the most money. So even just the idea that it's not just this one dimensional, well, you know, if you get the most money, you win. And I still, I love Monopoly very much, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think if, if I were board game, yeah, it, it'd be that. And, and there's a certain part to it too, where you also almost can't get too cocky with it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you roll dice, or you know, yes. actually, in this case, you spun a thing. It's like, thing, let's yeah. not pretend it's all you. There was other right. forces at play, so yeah, just just enjoy the ride and have fun. I love that, man. Thank you so much, Wade. Where can my audience find you? 
Sure. So the best place to learn about me and my work is wadegalt.com, W-A-D-E-G-A-L-T.com. That's my books and different stuff. And specifically, if you want to look at creating your three-day weekend lifestyle, then go to threedayweekendclub.com. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to include all of the links to your socials. I, I see you are top 1.5% on listen notes, which is really awesome. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, so we'll be sure to include all the links to connect with you. And thank you so much for your time, man. This was so much fun. Absolutely. This has really been enjoyable. I love, I love your, uh, the, the, the energy of this uh, podcast, I love the feel of it. And uh, for those you're listening, thank you for lending me your ear for a while. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. This is Janae talking with Wade. Super awesome conversation. We'll hope you stick around and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 